Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Finding it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We're rope partners. We've been practicing together for about four years. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you from our home in Bangkok, Thailand. So today we're going to discuss the pleasures and pitfalls of using rope photos as your inspiration from tying. Oh, I like discussing pleasures, Maya. (sighs) And pitfalls. And pitfalls. Well, the pitfalls are not as fun as the pleasures, are they? But it's important to know. So why are we interested in this topic, Fox? Um, I think we're interested because as rope people, we live in a culture currently that is very image-driven, I feel. And it's actually quite common for bottoms to approach me uh, with a photo in hand and say, hey, could we we tie this? Okay. That happens quite a lot. I don't know if as a bottom you get approached by riggers in the same way where they have one photo and they say, okay, I want you to do this. Um, No, I guess only where you and I have done a more collaborative Mm -hmm. I don't think any other rigger has. And interestingly, I've never... I tried to think of a time where I've done this, and I don't think I have. All right. Uh, So, yeah, there are a lot of rope photos on the internet, right? There are a lot of rope photos on the internet, yes. And that has some positive effects on rope as a culture and some less positive effects. For sure. I I mean, it's one way of bringing new people into rope. um, And also, uh, I guess... Advertising in inverted commas rope in a somewhat positive way, especially when it's in a more mainstream publication. Yeah, if you don't uh, if you don't show sexual activity, if you don't show well nipples on female presenting people, although that annoys me a bit that there's this discrepancy between males and females. That's not the subject of this podcast. So if you go on more mainstream platforms, as you said, that's an opportunity for someone who's never been exposed to rope bondage before to see this and say, hey, that that looks interesting. I shall learn more about that. Sure, although it can mean um, that rope becomes more and more um, distanced from BDSM, which is, a, again, another topic, but... Um, yeah, has distant, distanced from BDSM and also very focused on looks rather than feels. Yes. Yeah. And that's not going to work for everyone. Yeah. So it promotes one certain type of rope more yeah. than others. And it also tends to promote one type of uh, body type. So it tends to be quite limited in terms of who's doing those photos, in part because of the way um, that the things that the people are actually doing in the photos, which are often very challenging and so are often professional, um, I guess, athletes. So okay, so more, more bendy, gymnasts, flexible yeah. people. Doing uh, more... Lighter, smaller people, because obviously you can do more in rope. You, holding your own weight in rope is easier if you're only 40 kilos. Okay. Uh, luckily, there are some exceptions. Like yeah, we see, definitely. We see larger bodies in rope. We see people of rope. all genders in rope. Yeah. Uh, but there seems to be a tendency for a certain type of body in most photos, or maybe for photos that contain a certain type of bodies to be more popular. Yeah, okay. But that's actually a very good, a very good point. So where do we find all these photos? Um, well, if we're looking for rope photos, honestly, the first place I would go is probably FetLife. Yeah, okay. Uh, Kinky and Popular, which is a section of FetLife that shows you things that people have voted up or clicked liked on a lot, um, or usually has a few good rope photos on it. Not loads, though, honestly. 
I mean, if you if you're a subscriber and you can scroll a bit lower, you get a better chance. Otherwise, the top few are mostly bums, asses. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get into a rope pocket, like yeah, around okay. the two three hundred likes okay. <laughs> area. Um, and also now. Um, it has fat life has a search function which is relatively new so you can actually search pictures a bit more although right. obviously most people don't tag their photos with rope okay interesting i wouldn't have thought of doing that but if you want people <coughs> to find your rope pictures you might need to tag them with what hashtag rope how does that work um yeah you could tag them or or i think um in general if i was looking for something i would be looking for something more specific so i would be looking for um, Futumomo or something like okay, that. Okay, and so if you have certain keywords in your description, it means people might find it. I think it. so. Okay. I don't know enough about the search function, but it is true that um, you, I'm thinking more about doing the searching rather than being searched. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, okay. Another place that seems to have a lot of rope is Instagram these days. Uh, but then on Instagram, there are some policies that mean it's going to be less sexual and more... Artistic. artistic or athletic yeah. with a lot of clothes on and so on but that can still be quite interesting and you have some good people on there yeah a lot of people we know have moved to instagram which is very interesting and then also archives of old bondage magazines yeah i actually like that quite a bit uh, for inspiration and for something a bit different you can find online fairly easily very big corpus of uh, photos from old magazines things like kitan club and other classic bondage magazines uh, and sometimes you can go to those for inspiration. And there's also the um, more Japanese comic type things as well. They often have... Uh... Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. Like hentai manga can have some yeah. uh, rope-themed things. Uh, you can also look at old comic books that have like damsel yeah. in distress type yeah. things. And you can also find inspiration there. And porn, I guess, has some, but it's pretty limited. You would want something more like Kink.com. Yeah, okay, Kink.com. I'm not certain who their riggers are, but they have some very solid uh, rope suspensions in particular that can be very interesting mechanics-wise. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, where to find them. So what are the what are the pros of this? What, why might we be interested? Like, what? How does it help us in our uh, tying and being tied? So first pro of tying from a photo is that it can give us a source of instant inspiration. We're going to a rope jam tonight. We're not sure what we're going to tie. We know we want to do a suspension, but we're not feeling super creative tonight. Well, we can just open up one of those websites and look for things to inspire us. Which doesn't mean we have to copy the whole thing, but maybe saying, I mean, what I prefer in my process is to not copy whole pictures, but find interesting tidbits that then I'm going to be inspired to use in a different way. Okay, so it's more like using a number of photos or using part of a photo that you then recombine. Yeah, that I can then twist in a different way or recombine with other things I've already been doing and, and so on. But you can also, if that's what you're into, just try to get as close as you want uh, to the photo that you found. Okay, so it has the potential then to push you out of your comfort zone because honestly, when you start with a photo, you don't necessarily know how difficult it's going to be either as a rigger or as a bottom. Yeah, there's definitely a way for you to challenge yourself to do something new um, and to see how your skills are going to work to figure out how to achieve that new result. Um, There's also... um, a challenge around plagiarism. So sometimes you see a photo that is 
specifically tagged as an homage to another photo. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. of Cookie Monster's um, Upside Down Splits, which I think was inspired by the same position in a Lou Rubens photo. And she actually yeah. tags yeah. him in that photo. And if you have enough rope culture, you might be able to identify that a certain, let's say, harness or something is usually associated with a more famous rigor. Obviously, sometimes you just don't know that. No. Um, I think that's an interesting topic, plagiarism in rope, because, well, there's a finite number of ways you can tie your body with rope, honestly, due to anatomy and so on. Um, Should people copyright rope ties? Should we say, well, a tie is a tie and whoever wants to do it can do it? I'm, I'm not sure. I think that's for everyone to decide where they stand on that issue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it also gives you, as a rigger, practice in deconstructing other people's ties, right? So does that help your rigging skills? I think that's super interesting from a rope engineering standpoint. If you practice reverse engineering ties you see in photos, that can actually quite help with building the skills of understanding the structure of a tie. Okay. Um, And from a bottoms perspective, um, it can help you see the possibilities of the human body. And sometimes it can be quite inspiring um, to help as a bottom to kind of, um, you develop your skills as a bottom and to actually work at being a bottom rather than just assuming that everyone can be bottoms. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the positive side of that coin. And then obviously that's matched with a less positive side. Well, you can feel inadequate if you can't achieve all the things that Absolutely. the bendy fairies are doing in the professional photos. So you can also have quite miserable bottoms. So that brings us to the cons of um, working with rope photos. So, t- so to sell us, Fox, what, what kind of cons do you see? Well, Maya, if all you do in rope is copy things you saw in other people's photos, you might end up being a bit of a copycat trigger, I guess rather than developing your own style. And that's why I prefer to just get inspiration from little bits and pieces that I cherry pick out of other photos rather than trying to reproduce whole scenes. So the, there's a balance there in terms of using it to develop your creativity, but also not just copying everyone else and therefore never being creative. I mean, if that's what you want to do with Rogue, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but you're going to end up being a bit of a cover band rather than having your original creations. <laughs> okay. Um, something that I've seen um, when I've watched, I, I watched a particular scene where someone brought a, um, a photo to a rigger and honestly, neither the rigger nor the uh, bottom. Oh, it's going to be the strapado in our heels it's again, isn't it? the strapado in heels. So yeah. if you're a long time <laughs> listener of the podcast, you've heard this story before, but I think you're going to hear it again. Um, so yeah, there, there's a, a definite tendency for people to get in over their head. Um, a, a pawny photo of a strapado in heels was bought by a bottom, uh, who, who definitely had the heels on the body, um, but her rope experience was very limited. Um, the strapado uh, was tethered to the suspension frame, and there was no uh, other support for the bottom, and she essentially teetered on the heels. Um, she wasn't given... Um, a support line uh, and it was just crazy dangerous and in the end her partner uh, came over and supported her and said like you need to come down <laughs> which was a very good idea because she was about to pull her arms from her yeah sockets. like I wasn't there but I remember you telling me about watching that scene and not feeling very good watching it no and so essentially she was bringing a photo and getting in over her head um, and the excitement of um, being able to do the tie. And she, you know, she was um, flexible in terms of her arm. She could do the strapado. She could um, 
move her arms back behind her head but what she and I guess the rigor didn't really discuss is what what does it mean to have your arms just held up by a strapado and nothing else well it means that if you fall and you're on giant heels then you're going to tear your arms out of their sockets yeah that sounds like uh, a less nice outcome yes so one thing with photos is we have to remember whenever we see things in photos or in magazines or at the cinema, like show business is a business with professionals who use a number of tools to make things look awesome. And not all of that is real. Yeah, which really shocked me. It's funny. I'm, I'm a bit of an innocent, naive bunny at times. <laughs> when you first said to me a particular photo had been photoshopped, um, I was very surprised. <laughs> yeah, and by photoshopped, I meant fairly heavily photoshopped. Um, as in, it was a very impressive photo of a woman hanging from very little rope on a very breathtaking background. And it turns out that photo had been taken on the green screen and the background had been, had been put in after the fact. Uh, and the reason why she was hanging from very little rope is that some of the support lines had been deleted in Photoshop to make it look like she was, but actually she had a lot more rope on that was deleted right, after but the she's fact. bonkers. Like, bonkers. I feel like those photos should have a warning, like... I mean, that's an interesting question that you ask. When you have magazine covers of women who have been airbrushed, should there be a label at the bottom said, this woman does not actually look like that. We spent four hours making yeah. her look impossibly beautiful. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this podcast and sharing it with you. But your support can really help us pay for the hosting, the equipment and other critical costs. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope tutorials and gear so we get a small commission from your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, you could also donate to us directly on our Patreon, either as a one-off amount or monthly support that can be as little as the price of a cup of coffee. If you can't afford to do that, that's okay. Just enjoy the podcast and maybe tell a kinky friend or two about it. Now back to today's episode. And we also only see the stuff that actually works in a photo, not the 300 ties um, or attempts that didn't work. So we see two seconds um, where the shutter clicks and we have no idea what happened behind the scenes in that photo. What happened or how much work went into it? Was there like five rehearsal? Are there five people out of frame yeah, who are absolutely. ready to jump in yeah. and grab the model? And, and we're holding the person. Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, it takes a lot to produce those professional photos. Um, I'm thinking of those uh, mermaid photos that were making the rounds uh, last year. And the person came out and said, well, guys, I know you've been very impressed by those photos, but it was actually a team of five or six people yeah. working for four hours to produce those three photos everyone have seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll try and um, find a few of the photos that people have actually not confessed because that makes it sound wrong, but, but the people who said, okay, here's the context of that photo um, mm -hmm. and put them in the uh, show notes. There is also an issue with taking a tie that's been done on one person and trying to carbon copy it onto another person. Okay, tell me about that. Well, the issue is that every human body is different and it's usually a good thing to adapt the tie to the person because people have different strengths and weaknesses, people have different flexibility. So if you try to put one person in exactly the same shape, exactly the same position, that might not work for them. I think it's a better approach to try to adapt and not be single-mindedly trying to achieve exactly the same thing. Yeah, and it might also be a different type of rope, um, a different, even a different 
subtle things like the clothes that the person's wearing might not be the same or you might have something like the humidity in thailand is crazy and it does change your tying doesn't it like the rope is uh slightly heavier here yeah i'm in fact melting away as we're speaking i am very hot (laughs) we have to turn the fans off to do the uh recording of the podcast and we're both very very hot because it's like 34 degrees which we're not complaining about but the point is you don't know um what the person's context might have been other cons of trying to reproduce a photo is if you get a bit ego obsessed you might increase the risk of an injury in your scene because you absolutely want to achieve the photo and the worst cases i've witnessed of that are like bottom say okay i need to come down now and then the rigger saying well just like 20 more seconds i need to finish taking the photo that's not really okay in my book that's not okay if someone says i need to come down that means they need to come down down now also, obviously, if you're too focused on getting a certain photo, you're not as connected to the person. That's maybe a thing of photo shoots in general. Yeah. Um, it's also more difficult, I think, for the bottom to ask to come out of the rope. Because if you have a particular goal in rope, um, and it's not about the process, it's about the goal, and the bottom knows that by saying, I need to come down, they're going to miss that goal, I think that's a difficult thing to do. Okay, interesting. It put pressure on the person to achieve a certain yep. known result, yep. as opposed to a more open-ended scene, yep. where yep. whatever happens, happens, and we're yep. happy with it. Okay, exactly. good point. Uh, so yeah, in terms of risk, as we were saying, um, it's easy to underestimate the difficulty of what you're trying to do, and then getting in trouble, essentially. Very much so, very much so. And I think you had a very good example from uh, Adi. Yeah, um, Adi, um, as in Barkas and Adi, has um, a particular picture, um, which I will again link to in FET, where she, it's an amazing photo, but and she says that she's had lots of um, comments on how beautiful and serene she looked, but in actual fact, she was only able to hold it for 10 seconds. She was like screaming in agony the whole time. Um, and it's just a really good example of someone kind of giving you the behind the scenes on a photo saying, look, you know, I could do this particular thing. There's loads of things I can't do. Um, And uh, she actually has a quote at the end of the writing, which is do what makes you happy on your terms as art Mm. can be deceiving. I think that's very good. And I remember her saying that when they saw that picture, people were saying, oh, you look so calm and serene. When in fact, she's like screaming for her life the whole time in real life. Yeah. And, at, at our own more humble level, you've said that people have told you, oh, this tie looks so comfortable when in fact oh, you're in agony. I hate that phrase, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because the bottom is able to for a split second or the, the photographer captures a moment where they're taking a breath and not screaming doesn't mean that the tie was comfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so another risk is a really miserable bottom, I can tell you. All right. So I think we've given quite the warning disclaimer on issues one can have with using photos but there's still some good things to be done with photos though okay so what kind of uses do photos have um i've seen some very interesting things in group education context where a group of rope people look at a photo together and then brainstorm how they would go about reproducing this type of position or tie and then in some cases the theme of the workshop or of the jam is okay so we're all going to try our own version of this tie we saw in that photo and everyone puts their own little spin on it with their personal style and I think that's that's a nice group dynamic yeah, for an okay, evening okay there's also um, things like self-tie Tuesday where um, everybody takes a does a tie mm-hmm. and then shares the photo of the tie the photo is not the um, the purpose but the photo shows 
a tie. And it's a way to convey the sense of community of everyone doing the same thing on the same day. Yeah. So yeah. that's very interesting. Uh, then you can also have the same thing with more of a contest spin on it. And I, I took part in one such thing one time and that was fun. As, as long as the competition remains, I'll say, at a gentle level. And you don't get too obsessed with it because obviously when you get obs obsessed or too competitive and your risk level increases a lot, yeah. you might push yourself or your partner too hard. Okay. Um, and then you can use it as a game. And I, in fact, we're going to do it live today on, on the air. Okay. So we haven't, we're, we're not cheating. I haven't seen the photos yet. Maya has selected three photos Um, I haven't selected them. I'm going to do it. Oh, you're going to select them live. That's even yeah. better. Like the suspense is high. Uh, and then I'm going to try and see if I can analyze those ties and talk a little bit about how I would tie them if I were to uh, tie them on Maya. I'm actually going to use uh, the search function to see how it works. All right. So in the search box on um, FetLife, I've put rope and futo. Okay. So let's see... There's a lot of single photos. Let's find... This is going to be great radio, people. <laughs> um, okay, here's, here's a great one. All right. So in this photo... Holy shit. The lines are on fire. Okay. It says, uh, fire photo self-tie. Self-tie. How okay. did the person get up there? I think that might be in jest, because I don't really see how you could... Uh, I mean, you could self-tie the crew. photos. No, he's got crew. Okay. So, in fact, there's... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we definitely will add a link to that photo in the group. So note. it's a man, a man in rope, which we like. Yeah, right, for variety. We like variety. Yeah. Um, so this one is a more simple one. So describe for us the tie. Okay, so this person is in an inverted suspension, suspended from two futomomos, uh, and nothing else, as far as I can tell. And the futomomos are pulled away uh, from the body and it's anchored at a bit more than 45 degree angle. So his legs are being spread by the rope and is hanging uh, from his two thighs, essentially. Uh, so achieving that position wouldn't be particularly challenging for me as a rigger. I've done a lot of futo suspension. Yeah. Uh, I would be... For the bottom. Uh, one thing that's interesting about it is how you're going to get into it. Yeah. And depending on my bottom and how comfortable she is with those things, I might start by putting her up with a hip harness or a chest harness, then anchor the photos like that, then take out that central support. And in the photo, he hasn't got a chest harness on, which means his hands are probably on the floor. You could also do that. You could do a bit of a handstand. I would, I would say. Uh, and then start from there. Yeah. But it, there's 10 crew members mentioned. Yeah, so yeah. I'm Or you could just lift the person they, if you have 10 people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's an amazing photo. <laughs> it's we, very beautiful. So if uh, you want to listen along or view along, I'll put it in the notes. So go to FetLife to Rope Podcast account and um, find the episode show notes. Uh, so yeah, I would say that the main challenge is going to get, be, get the person in position. Uh, so as you said, we could use a different line than remove it, or we could have people hold them up, or they could start from a handstand position. Um, What the about the fire? Yeah, I was going to talk about that. I'm, I'm not actually competent with fire, so I would <laughs> probably either uh, not have the fire component at all, or ask a friend who can do fire play to be part of the scene and do that, or just add it in Photoshop afterwards. And we assume that's not rope. On fire. 
that is some kind of cable or something like that. Like, she wouldn't set your rope. It's surely a tenant not to set your rope on fire. <laughs> I wouldn't set my personal rope on fire. I know that people who are competing at fire play can set people on fire without burning the person. So probably you can set rope on fire without burning the rope if you use the right products. But once again, I don't have the skills in that area. So I would ask someone who does have the skills to help. All right. So that's the first one. So right. let's do like another one. So fun. rope um, outside. Okay. I love outside yeah, rope. So that's a good start. So let's have a look and find a picture. Some very pretty ones. Oh, like let's it. just do the first one. Okay. Although it's not outside at all, it's an EM photo. Okay, so our friend EM, who we have interviewed in the past couple of episodes. Okay, so I like I like this. So this is um, a tie in a hotel trolley, like the kind of hotel cart you would carry your luggage in. Uh, and we've seen a few ties on those, and we've kind of always wanted to do one. So at some point, we are going to borrow. I go to enough hotels. You certainly go to a lot of hotels, so at some point we're going to borrow one of their cards and try it. Uh, they do seem very sturdy and a, a good um, a good thing to tie people to. And sometimes when you're traveling, you don't have a hard point handy. So it's always super tempting. Just watch the wheels. Okay, interesting. Uh, so in this tie, well, we have a few non-rope elements, like the model um, or the bottom is wearing an inflatable gag. Yeah, so and she seems to have uh, taken some damage to her thighs. Yeah. You have to whip the model quite a bit first. <laughs> okay. Uh, or like rub some shoe polish on her thighs <laughs> to give the same effect. Uh, and she's wearing a leather harness on her face. That looks quite sexy. In terms of rope, what I'm seeing is a chest harness uh, that seems to be anchored at the back mm. and going up to the, um, to the luggage cart. Uh, the photo makes it look like she might have neck rope, but I don't think she actually does. I think it's actually the upline of the chest mm, harness okay. that you're seeing. Yeah. Uh, then she has single columns that are at the top of the thighs, which is um, not the usual place you see them, but it actually looks quite good. Like it's spreading her open. It's kind of exposing. It's fairly sexy. I like it. Uh, and then an other set of single columns at the bottom of the thighs, which are pulling the knees apart. And the whole impression it gives is a bit of a slave position kind of thing. Uh, I do like it. Um, the comment below is saying that there might be an anal hook involved, and we obviously like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> and and then her, her hands, hands are, are being roped. tied to the front, possibly... Uh, touching her pussy to make it look like she's masturbating or some kind of forced masturbation scene. So that's that's good fun. Um, I would say this one, on at face value, is not very difficult to reproduce rope-wise, but actually the difficulty might be in the ability of the bottom to kneel in that position because yeah, that looks okay. to me like a position that puts a lot of weight on the knees. And the thighs also um, because if she dips down. Yeah. And, and so, also there's a vertical chest harness. Yeah, ver vertical chest harnesses are surprisingly difficult for most people. Surprisingly. Um, very difficult. <laughs> uh, if we were to do this together, I would have a long conversation with you about how long you can kneel at the moment. Like right now you have an ankle injury from a fall that's yeah. not rope related. Uh, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you in that position without discussing it with you first. Yeah, yeah. All right, so one more. Very sexy though. I like it. Yeah. You like EM stuff. Uh, rope. I do. Um, what do you want as your second keyword? I mean, it's always going to be ass if you ask me, but. Rope, ass. That's fine. I don't mind. Uh, there 15 
100 pictures of rope ass on FetLife, just saying. <laughs> All right. This is another fun one. All right. Okay, so this is very artistic oh, and high concept. Very high concept. We have a female bottom who is kneeling a bit in a child position. Is that correct? Is that what you would uh, call yeah. it in yoga? Okay, yeah, I would. Uh, so child position on top of a piano. Uh, and she's tied up. And a male person is playing the piano while having his face in her butt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which looks both fun and sexy, I would say. I mean, I, that would be a great way for me to learn to play the piano again. Yeah. And it says neck rope, not pictured, tied to the piano. So we can't see that. Okay, so that would be why her face is very down like that, if she's tied by her neck to the piano. Ah, okay. And we just can't see it. Yeah. And she has a strappado. Uh, she does have a strappado, which is lifted to some hard point on the ceiling, which we can't see in the picture. Uh, so it's... It looks intense as a tie as a result. So. But she's not going to fall from the strapado, unlike the other one we discussed, because her knees and face were Yeah, she has a lot of surface, and if she's tied to the piano, it would be hard for her to roll off of it. Mm-hmm. So safety-wise, it's it's better than the situation you were describing earlier, for sure. I mean, those people look like they know what they're doing, honestly. Uh, and I think that's uh, second floor, who's someone who's probably done a lot of tying. Um, then she has uh, photos on her both legs, I assume. You can only see one leg in the photo, but from the position, I assume the other leg would have a Oh, it's Gaping Lotus. That's, so, yeah. They, they yeah, they know their shit, I think. Um, I would say that's an intense position in terms of the arm position in particular. We know stupados are intense. Uh, that shoulder position is not for everyone. Yeah, definitely. So I would definitely want to do that with a model who's comfortable with a very strong um, rotation of the shoulders. And presumably the predicament is that she's being pulled both down and up. Yeah, yeah. There is a bit of a lever rotation action yeah. happening. Um, very beautiful. Would love to play with something <laughs> like that. Don't have a piano in my room studio, though. <laughs> so I would probably do it like on the bed or on some other surface. We yeah. have desks in the office. We could do that on One the One thing I would say is that um, there are three people mentioned in the comments. So yeah. even on this one, there's three people. Absolutely. And once again, that's something you don't see immediately when you just look at a photo. But there's... Quite often, the rigger and the photographer might be two different people, yeah, which in terms yeah. of time and attention to the bottom makes a difference. Plus, you could have any number of helpers, gaffers, assistants, makeup, lighting, whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was quite a fun game. And I encourage you, dear listeners, to also go on FetLife and look at a few photos and try that same exercise. Yeah, yeah. And remember, uh, bottoming is a skill and not everyone can do your um, amazing positions and rigging also you might not be able to do the the position so just be careful and it works both ways you might be able to do some amazing things that the person in the photo wouldn't be able to do so it's just person specific yeah very good point all right so that's all from us at the rope podcast don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and come find us on our fetlife page rope podcast and if you like this episode please consider supporting us on our patreon you can find more details on ropepodcast.com Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.